Head Coach Charlie Strong, welcome to the Illuminati Podcast. Hey, good. Uh, it's good to be here. I'm here on Media Day, just enjoying it. What about yourself? Uh, having fun. How many laps did you eat last night? Oh, I didn't. I'm not a lobster guy. I think I eat one. I just, you know, I hate to go through it. Had to work so hard to get <laughs> get something to eat. So it's like, they just give me one of those, and I put it away, and just went and got me something else that I could just eat right away. Uh, great, uh, coach. A lot of turnover with the on-field staff. Half of your on-field staff has changed. Uh, most notably, office coordinator Kermit Bell has joined the team. What you had a relationship with him. What have you learned since uh, you've worked with him so close now for the last seven months? Well, you know, uh, Kerwin and I, we uh, we're really good friends, and we go back, uh, God, in the early early '80s. And so I've watched his career. You know, we've always stayed in contact with one another. And when you watch his offense, he's done a great job of, uh, you know, Lenny and Fondy with the Steve Spurrier, what he learned during his playing days. And he's built his offense, and he knows exactly what he wants to do. And he and he has a great feel not only for his offense, but the players are putting him in a position to be successful and how he want to attack a, a defense, how he wants to attack the field. But he, it's, it's just been fun to watch this spring and and, you know, we didn't get it all in, but what we did see is, you know, that it's, it's going to be a, a, a high tempo, up tempo. It's going to be very aggressive, but he, he he attacks it like a defensive guy attacks it. You know, like defensively, you always talk about disrupting rhythm where he's creating rhythm, but he's attacking the defense. And he's, he's uh, I, I just think that, you know, offensively with, uh, with the personnel that we have, uh, he's going to do an outstanding job. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, right after the bowl game that there's going to be some house cleaning and you did so. Do you feel like you've, you've kind of cultivated the locker room to a much better place where it was right after the bowl game too today? Well, you, you know what happens, Nate, is you, you don't ever go into a, a program where you want to clean house because you, you want to give a, each player an opportunity to be successful and, and, a, and a, a, each player where you, you have a chance to really help him develop as a person. And, and sometimes you know it doesn't work out for everyone, and so when it doesn't work out, then there's changes that have to be made. But but even with the changes being made, you want to make sure that you can provide them with an avenue of where else they can go. You know, you say, hey, listen, it's not going to work for you here, but where else you would like to go, I will help you get there. And it's and I told our coaches we owe it to them to make sure that we can help place them somewhere else. But uh, you, you look at our culture and, and it just depends on just your leadership and, and you want the guys that, that now have been in the program down they really understand us and what we're trying to get accomplished you look you look at Blake uh, you look at Will Cox you look at Norman you look at Atterbury you know uh, even with Clerval you know you got guys Reeves uh, Livingstone they get guys now they they know it, once the players take ownership and and they become uh where they are, where it's a, it's a, where they're really interested in how we're gonna de- grow and develop as a team, then your team changes. Defensively, you've added a couple of coaches, Bill Spicer, and a lot of NFL experience. Brian Hill was on staff, Steve Ellis, 
what did you see from the, the defensive side of the ball from, from the coaches and that's kind of trickled down to the players? Well, just the overall attitude and the, the energy that they bring. Because you're, you're talking about, you know, you look at Ellis and you look at Spice, you know, Spice, you know, being at Tampa Bay, but him playing the game. And then with Ellis coming to us from Middle Tennessee, it's just the energy that they bring and, and how, like, with, with me, I just want to go. You know, I'm like, hey, let's go. Get them going. Get them moving. I want them to move fast. And that, and that's what, what you're getting. And and you tell the guys, hey, you got to coach on the run, guys. We, we got to get it in. We, I don't need a long discussion. I just need I need you to teach them. But it is. And, and they're good fundamental coaches where they understand what they're coaching. And, and even with B. Hill, he's been around me, so he understands what I want. So the transition with the coaches has been unbelievable because you, you're right. You look at it on defense and even on offense with us making a change. It's been uh, some turnover. But that transition has been really good for us. Uh, you know, sitting here a year ago, you didn't really know who your quarterback was going to be. How much more comfortable do you feel now that you, you've got that guy in Blake Barnett? Well, you, you're right. You know, you you walk in there a year ago, you're sitting there trying to figure it out. But, you know, you just watch Blake and, and how he, he came in, what, in May, and he became our starter and played very well. And and the thing that people don't realize about him, how tough he is. Because you, you watch some of the hits that he took last season. I didn't think he would get up and he would bounce back up. And, and just a competitor. And I, and I wanted to work so well for him. And I want him to have an outstanding year because of, you know, the road that he's traveled and then he ends up with us. You know, you watch him go from Alabama back to Arizona State and then he comes all the way back across from the West Coast, come all the way back to the East Coast to us. But uh, you, it just, because he puts so much work into it and he's done such a good job and you want it to happen for him. Yeah, behind Blake, there's Jordan McLeod and Jacquez Evans, who is, you know, nursing an injury, right. surgery. Where, how do you see the fall camp shaping out? I know you guys brought in like three or four walk-on quarterbacks. What's that like? two healthy guys right now. Well, right now you have Jordan, but I, I think with Jacquez, uh, it is, that's why we went on and and uh, did the surgery when we did it so that we can get him back. He may miss maybe a week of fall camp. You know, you're talking about, you know, the first two or three days that he may miss, but he'll be back and he'll be ready to go. So, and that's why we did what we did now because I didn't want to get into the season and then all of a sudden you get, you know, you don't play two games and the injury is not getting any better now you really have a problem because you do have two so this will give us a chance to get him back uh, speaking on the injury front how's Nico Sotel after his you know, shoulder neck injury where, where's he at do we expect to see him well yeah so Sotel is, is good and he, he will uh, you know we start camping about what three weeks he'll be ready to go but uh, I think that his uh, you know keeping him out this spring or really help heal it even more. And and the thing about him is he understands what we want to do on defense. So I didn't really need to see him go and hit. But, you know, when we get into fall camp, we're going to have to see some hitting because that first game, you're gonna, it's going to be a physical game. And speaking of 
looking at that first game, you got Wisconsin. I think the offensive line's averaging like around 50 pounds heavier than the defensive line. How, as a smaller team, how do you try to attack a, a power running team with a great running back like Jonathan Taylor? Well, I tell you right now, it, it's going to be a, a team that is, is very well coached. And the thing about Wisconsin, they know who they are. And they don't, it doesn't matter who's at running back. It doesn't matter who's at quarterback. Even with their offensive line, you know, they return to one starter in their center. But the rest of, the, of that group of guys, they have all have played and they have contributed. But uh, the thing we're going to have to do, we're going to have to tackle well. And, and that's a team that is that is, is strong, a team is physical, and a team that we're going to get tested. So uh, we, we need to have us a really good fall camp and then a preseason camp so that when we get into that game, we know what we, we know, and our kids know what the, what the challenge is going to be for us. How much of an immediate impact do you see the defensive transfers that you brought in? Patrick Macon, KJ Sales, uh, Darius Slade. Well, it, you, you like to, you hope that we can move them along and get them, uh, get them out there and get them going. You know, they're here now; they're just working out, but we haven't been able to do any meeting or anything with them. So I think that once that happens, then it will be a, uh, you know, we'll be able to get a chance to see them because you really hadn't had a chance to, you know, just see them in the, in the football part of it, where hey, how well, how quickly can they pick it up? You know, where we have to place them in there. Everything. I mean, you, you hit the transfer market pretty hard last couple of years. Uh, is that the result of the 2016 recruiting class for USF? There's only four guys left on the roster still. Is that right? What four? Uh, Wiggs, Mike Hampton, <laughs> Montrez Dukes, and oh man, I'm forgetting more than one. Is that right? Yeah. It's four guys. Four from the wow. They're sick. Wow. It was, that was the. Uh, so it's Wiggs, Hamp. Dukes Christian. and Gaynor. Yeah, and Gaynor's, you know, he's going through his thing. Yeah. Really, wow. Well, you know what happens, and it's not like we're out, like, looking for transfers. Like, you take, like, KJ. KJ grew up in Tampa. He goes to North Carolina, and now he wants to come back home, and we take him. But, and, um, and even with Studsteel, I recruited Studsteel, and then uh, he's at Notre Dame, and now he's a, a, a graduate transfer. So, boom, we end up getting him. But but it's all about building your team, and you, and you have to. And when you lose that number, that what you just said, you lose, you got four guys out of your 2016. I don't know how many guys we did sign. We signed 16, and you got so it's 12. You, you think about the you have to you have to replace them, and you got to make them up, and you want to get good players to replace them with. Uh, Terrence Horn coming back from the ACL injury. Where, what's his status? We look in the early season. Is week one some the cards? Well, with, with T Horn, it is it, more with him. Is I, I, I think he's going to be back, but anytime you have an injury like that. Is you got to take a lick, and he's got to get hit, and then once he gets hit, then we'll see where where now mentally where he's at. It's so hard when you have an injury like that, and you right now you're rehabbing, and you you don't know if you can really press it, you don't know if you can really put weight on it, you don't know if you can really cut. But when you make the hit, when the hit, when he gets hit, 
then we'll know where we are with him. Um, we, talked last, we talked about leadership from last year, but you know, two leaders, obviously Nico and Blake, had some injury issues. How much, how, how important is it to have them back this year? Well, it, it's always key that uh, when, you, when you know everyone say, hey, who's going to be the leader? And and I, I just had this discussion with our team. I said, listen here, guys, it, with, with every team, it, there's a story. And the story's got to be told. And when you watch the successful team, there's our main character. And who's going to be our main character? Two years ago, you had two of them. You had Quentin and you had Augie. Those were your main characters. And then you had enough guys around them with Valdez and with that group of guys. And, and so now you're looking at a team because with that team, you had Sanat, you had, you had Hector, you had Love. You had enough guys around that group. So now with this team, whenever we find out, like, what's, what is our story? Like, how, how's it going to be told? You know, who's going to be the main character? Who's going to take it and, and run with the team? Because you, you look at all, all the really good teams, there's, there's a guy who's a main character, and there's a story that's been told about that team. Last year, we didn't get that because we never had a main character. And, and so the story was never told because you didn't have anyone to center it around. So now, you know, it's like reading a book, you know, like, okay, when we start off with this team, you know, where are we going to start? Where's the introduction going to be? And then, okay, guys, who is going to come? Who's going to come to light for us? Like, who's going to become that guy who's going to be willing to step out for us? And so when you get that guy to step out for you, then all of a sudden the story starts moving and the team starts moving with you. You kind of lucked out with Paul Johnson retiring. You had you almost had two triple option teams on the schedule, but now with Georgia Tech, you've got uh, you know pro style and Temple esque offense. Guys that ran the triple option. How do you prepare for something that they've never run before? And you, there's no literally no film on it. Well, Temple, but that doesn't really. No, it doesn't, but they still had the same coach. And now when they change it up, you're right. The thing you was more uh, that was tough to defend was the triple option. <laughs> so so now when when you get a conventional style, that's what you do. That's what you work against every day. So you get to see that each weekend and week out. So uh, you know I hate to see that Paul left because he's a you know he's an unbelievable coach. But you know with uh, with Georgia Tech is you know we get to see them week one against Clemson. So then uh, after, uh, you know, after that game, then they got, they have us. So we just got to be prepared and, and, and get our team because we got to tough one ourselves that first week. Uh, what was the, 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 you know, the end of the season conversation like with uh, Michael Kelly after the six games after the tournament? What, how, how productive was that meeting? That you well, it's, 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 you know, you don't want to – he didn't have to say anything because I, I just said our, to, to him that I wasn't happy with the way we ended it. And we, we – but you know what? And you think about it, it uh, the game that really hurt us was a two-lane game because we had that one at home. But you had to go to – Cincinnati and went on the road. You had to go to uh, you had Central Florida come to our place, but we had some tough road games that we had to go to Temple. When you you know that game there, you up seventeen to nothing. Is not there's no reason for us not to go finish that game. We should have finished that game, and but we had our chances. But when, when you got it, get into that stretch and, and you 
you're not playing together as a as a team, and you're not playing together as a unit, and you have, you know, you're just trying to piece it together, try to keep it together. You're gonna have the issues that we had, and we just and we didn't we didn't finish, and it's all about finishing. Uh, that's it. All right. I appreciate it, okay, guys. guys. All right.